0: Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts. When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. coastofmaine.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 186 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are getting down and dirty with regard to toy sustainability. Are toys made from wood, like Melissa and Doug toys, for instance, are they automatically eco-friendly simply because they're made of wood and not plastic? What third-party certifications should we look for before buying for the children in our lives? And why exactly are toys made from renewable and natural materials important for both our kids' health as well as for the planet's health? These are just some of the big questions we are tackling on today's show. My guest is Christina Floyd. Christina is a mother, a blogger, and a sustainable toy expert. And although I did an episode on minimalist playrooms recently, I wanted to do another deeper dive into the environmental considerations associated with our children's playthings, and that's exactly what we're doing today. Christina, I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Stephanie. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, I found your blog, and it is so comprehensive right off the bat. I just want to say thank you for providing such an amazing resource for parents interested in providing their children with sustainable toys, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today. You know, I've done episodes on minimizing the playroom, getting smarter with the toys you bring into your home, but really today I want to get into the nitty-gritty, the real down deep of toy sustainability. But before we do any of that, introduce yourself to my listeners. Who are you and what do you do? My name is
1: Christina Floyd. And I'm the wife and mother of five kiddos, ages four, seven, 12, 14, and 17. We've lived abroad now in Brussels, Belgium for the past two years. I've been a minimalist for most of my adult life, minus the the kids' toys in the house. I am a contributing writer and photographer for an international environmental nonprofit organization that's based in Brussels, Belgium, called theworldishome.org, which fights the production and use of single-use plastics around the world. I'm founder of thebabypenguin.com. It's a site dedicated to wooden toys and sustainability. I write toy reviews, articles to help parents make eco-friendly choices and just to select toys intentionally. I write articles that speak on plastics. I also educate parents on the benefits of open-ended play and the family
0: play play space. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, that's a lot. (laughs) That's so (laughs) much. How in your own home though, how in your personal life as a mom of five children, did you find yourself interested in the toy sustainability conundrum? And I ask that because... You know, we all find ourselves interested in stuff, but it is a gigantic leap to go from being interested in something to starting a blog about the topic. So how did you go from interest to a professional blog? Gosh, okay. I would have to say that I've always
1: been obsessed with toys. I love wooden toys. But also, you know, I've always had other toys in the house, you know, plastic toys, but I've kind of learned the hard way about what that does to, you know, your home and the environment when you bring in all those plastic toys that break and you ended up, you know, having to discard them and you know, geez, I'm bringing in all these toys, but now they're going to landfill. So for me, it was a realization of seeing what i was doing by purchasing these toys and bringing me, bringing them into my home and then knowing that you know when the lifespan was over they were they were headed to a landfill for you know eternity and i just you know learned through trial and error that wooden toys engaged my children more. They lasted a lot longer. They were more heirloom quality and the type of toy that was just, you know, beautiful and had more meaning and provided more open-ended play opportunities for my kids. So I just, I just, you know, came to creating this blog because I wanted to teach new parents what I wish I would have known in the beginning 17 years ago.
0: You bring up a good point there, which is for the average parent listening right now, when they think about what is a sustainable toy, their mind, I'm guessing, their minds would go immediately to a wooden toy. That's like phase one of our toy sustainability knowledge. And I really wanted to talk to you today because I wanted to pick your brain as we seek to expand upon that phase one knowledge into phase two and three. I would argue personally that a sustainable toy doesn't have to just be wood. And I would also argue that a toy being wood does not necessarily always make it sustainable. So let's start there. Explain to us, like, give us a textbook definition of what a sustainable toy is to you.
1: You know, the, the basic definition of a sustainable toy is is a toy made of a biodegradable natural material such as wood or a natural fiber cloth, you know, no synthetic fabrics and and no plastics. Example of woods that are used, um, rubberwood, bamboo, maple, pine, beechwood. Example of non-synthetic cloths that are not plastic-based, you know, would be natural cotton, linen, hemp, and wool. A sustainable toy is one that has been manufactured in a non-polluting way without the release of carbon greenhouse gases or chemical toxins into the environment. You know, the bottom line is sustainable toys come from sustainable companies.
0: All right. So you did a great job giving us that textbook definition of sustainable toys. However, I'm wondering whether if a toy, let's say, is made from wood, can we automatically assume that it's sustainable? I'm guessing the answer would be no
1: it's a yes and a no i would say that the the toy itself is going to be more sustainable because it's going to biodegrade more than a plastic toy right however the cost of the environment and how that was that toy that was produced in a third party factory where the actual toy company wasn't overseeing like the production process so it wasn't made sustainably when you have factories that are just producing mass amounts of toys for various branding. They're not producing in a sustainable manner. And and so, yes, I would say that you can definitely buy a wooden toy that is not sustainable because you're purchasing from a non-sustainable company that doesn't make that a priority and produces in a toxic way.
0: So here in the States, I know you live in Belgium, so I'm not sure what the belgium sustainable toy scene is but here in the states the one brand that has really become commercially successful on a wide scale is of course melissa and doug and i don't see them written about so much on your website and i'm curious are we correct or incorrect as a society to revere melissa and doug as a sustainable toy brand so, I have, I think, a bitter
1: hate relationship with Melissa and Doug. I think that if you go to their website, they're not telling you what their sustainable goals are and they don't share a lot of information in regards to their sustainability practices. That is a red flag for me. I think they're a really big operation, and I think that that, you know, can maybe add to that problem. With that being said, I know that they're pretty much one of the only wooden toys manufacturers that are sitting on the, the shelves on the toy aisles. So it's very accessible for anybody to walk into a big box store and purchase Melissa and Doug. So I feel that yes, they can be a more sustainable product in regards to the fact that they're not made out of plastics and when they do go to landfill They're not breaking down into microplastics and, you know, indefinitely polluting the environment. But I yeah, I definitely struggle with, you know, Melissa and Doug.
0: For listeners who are on board with the wooden toys, they want to invest in the wooden toys for their children and their lives. What should they look for?
1: The three things that I think When you're starting to research companies that you want to purchase from, you know, if you go on their website and you can't find a a message about their sustainability and their practices within like a few minutes, then that probably isn't a priority for them. It it should be loud and clear that sustainability and those, you know, manufacturing processes that are good for, you know, eco-friendly and good for the environment, it should be loud and clear on their company website. Also, where are their toys Produced? Is at their own factory where they're overseeing operations every step of the way to make sure everything's sustainable, making sure that they're treating their employees ethically and fairly and that at the end of the day, they, they put the environment and all the certifications that they stand behind make those a priority in producing toys. So finding out where they produce is, is a big deal. Also, another thing to look for in a company is is what certifications do they hold there's a few certifications that are, you know, in regards to responsible forestry and replanting, and that's PEFC and FSC. And sometimes you'll see that on the box label of your wooden toy, it'll see FSC certified, which means that, you know, they're responsible with their forestry and replanting and, and that. Another one, and this is in regards to fabrics, it's Okeotex and Oetex. They certify that fabrics are chemical-free, and it's anywhere between 100 and 300 chemicals that they are certifying that are not present in the actual fabric. OSHSAS 18001 certifies like a healthy work environment for employee well-being for their workers. ICTI, that one is an ethical approval for sustainable supply chain. And the last one, BSCI is a prestigious certificate for welfare standards. And most of these certifications are on the the websites of the specific toy companies.
0: For my listeners who are interested in purchasing wooden toys with non-toxic dyes, are there any certifications that can help ensure the non-toxicity for parents? Most
1: sustainable companies will show that on their website or on the specific
0: packaging, saying that these are the things that we use. We're going to talk an awful lot more about sustainable toys after a quick word from this week's sponsor. The Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by outrage and optimism. The world has been experiencing a convergence of crises. None of us has been immune to the challenges of this moment in history. Some argue that the greatest of them all is the climate crisis, and few of us know what to do about it. Isn't it all just too big for any one of us? Outrage and Optimism is a lively weekly podcast in which hosts Christiana Figueres, former UN climate chief, and her partners Tom Rivett-Carnac and Paul Dickinson set out to help us navigate the complexities of tackling climate change. They talk to business leaders, politicians, scientists, and activists, and ask what makes you feel outraged about climate change. What is there to be optimistic about? Don't wait. Subscribe to Outrage and Optimism on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts for new episodes every Thursday. And we're back with Christina Floyd of thebabypenguin.com. I wanted to talk to you, Christina, about a couple practical day-to-day points as it relates to wooden toys specifically. I had a listener or two reach out to me recently, and they said, you know, wooden toys are well and good. However, they tend to show their wear and tear very quickly. I'm thinking bite marks, for instance, (laughs) or dents when a child throws them across the room. So I'm wondering two things. One is, in your home, in your capacity as a mom, have you seen wooden toys wear quickly? And If so, are there any woods in particular that parents should look for as being more durable?
1: Yes, there definitely are woods that are harder in nature that are more resistant to the dents. So such as bamboo. Bamboo is, you know, it's awesome. It's one of these trending woods that are used for producing toys now because it's one of the fastest growing woods in the world. It regenerates itself. There's no replanting. It doesn't require pesticides or fertilizers for growth. Rubberwood is also very dense, I and mean, that's a repurposed wood. It's actually grown for liquid latex production. However, when the tree stops producing, it usually is burned in a polluting way to the environment, which is bad news. So when toy man- manufacturers actually repurpose that wood, it makes for a great t-
0: wooden toy because it's it's super dense. I want to talk to you about what we should be looking for when it comes to the packaging that hour toys come in. But before we do, I just had a quick question for you about the soft toys. I'm thinking stuffed animals. Both my daughters love stuffed animals. What specifically should we be looking for when we consider bringing a new stuffed animal into our homes? Like what on earth could be a sustainable stuffed animal?
1: I think that the majority of parents don't realize that synthetic fibers are plastic based. It's just another form of plastic that your child's coming in contact with. So I think a great sustainable swap for like the polyester and the synthetic stuffed animals is, you know, cotton, linen, and wool based stuffed animals there's this beautiful this company called pebble child and they have these women in i want to believe it's bangladesh they actually can bring their children to work and they sit together and they crochet these beautiful stuffed animals out of wool and cotton so they're not synthetic fibers and those are sold online at pebblechild You know, you can find stuffed animals that are, you know, made from linens and cottons.
0: Let's transition and talk about the packaging. What, in your opinion, should we be looking for when it comes to toy packaging? Toy packaging really is,
1: you know, a huge pollution producer. It's you think about like um, holiday mornings or you know birthday parties and how much of the packaging is flying through the air as, as kids are opening up gifts, and I think these sustainable toy companies think of you know great solutions to making them reusable. I love it when toy companies put a handle on top of a box so that it does act as a storage, as a toy storage, so that when you do your toy rotation, you can just set it aside and it's in its own little house, you know, sort of speak. Also, there's some really great companies that are doing crate, wooden crate type packaging so that it is going to double as a place to put those blocks. I'm seeing more and more linen and cotton bags with handles that, you know, a drawstring or a handle that the toy, the blocks or whatnot come in this. And so it's in its own you know reusable container the companies that are are trying to fight single use plastics they don't want to have those plastic windows on the front of the boxes where you you know how you would see, you can see in what the toy is that's just not necessary i think more and more of these sustainable companies are putting the picture on the outside of the the box so that it takes away
0: one single use plastic your answer makes me think about a real tenet of sustainable minimalism, which is less, but better, right? Less, but better. And I think that those three words can apply so perfectly to our conversation today. Maybe our children have fewer toys, less toys, but better quality ones. So that's just a thought I had. Your website rates toys on a five point scale. Can you tell us quickly about that? On my toy reviews, I use the Baby Penguin Matrix, which reviews
1: different aspects of toy sustainability. So it's not necessarily just on, you know, the, the production process and the materials used. You know, the different aspects are the longevity of the toy. Like, how long are you, are you really going to use this for your child? And is this box set going to get my child from, you know, ages, you know, one to five or one to 10? And what's the lifespan of the toy? Like, is this toy heirloom quality or is it really landfill quality? is this something that's just not going to be very durable. The playability of a toy is huge as well. If a toy is just doing too much and not leaving enough open-ended play for the child, it's going to get boring. You don't want the toy to, you know, depict what the the child needs to do with the toy. The child needs to control the toy and use it as a means for creativity and construction. And also the versatility of a toy. I think that if a toy can be used with other toys as an addition or in conjunction with, then it's going to have more of a life. And all of these things just add up for how long the toy life will be, right? And it's going to keep it out of a landfill.
0: Do you have any last words for parents who are reluctant about embracing sustainable toys. Maybe they're concerned about the price tag associated with the sustainable brands. Maybe they've always had plastic and are a bit hesitant to switch to a natural material.
1: Yeah, so I have a few really good reasons why you should just make that mindset shift and, and just start doing sustainable toys, you know, and purchasing wooden toys for your home. First one is kids' health and exposure to plastics. So kids just live in such a plastic world these days. The second reason is environmental. Plastic toys have 25 times more of a carbon footprint than a wooden toy. And plastic toys are made from fossil fuels with a complex, toxic chemical process These toys are just filling landfills. It's like I said, a growing industry. They don't biodegrade. And I think people have this like, you know, thought like, oh, it's 400 years and the toy is going to biodegrade. They just break into small microplastic pieces that leach into the soil and pollute the waterways. And I just want people to realize that. When they are purchasing a cheap plastic toy, someone else is paying your discount. It's either the environment or the worker that had to work for nothing in a factory long hours.
0: So somebody's paying the discount. Mm, That's a huge point, yeah. We think, oh, something's on sale, we got a deal. We're forgetting that somebody or something (laughs) is paying the price for our sale item. That's so important to remember. Christina, do you have any final recommendations for sustainable toy purchasing? So I have to say the the gold medal winner
1: in sustainable toy companies is Planned Toys. You know, they've been around for 40 years and they're amazing. They have like every certification under the sun and they're, they're just, they're amazing. I definitely go to my website, read on some of these um, toy companies, but Plan Toys is definitely at the top of my list. Tenderleaf is, you know, it's a great toy company. Latoyvon, fantastic, Haba, nod Maple Landmark is, you know, it's a it's a company in the USA, made in the USA, and I don't think a lot of people even know about them, and they've been around since I think 1979, and they're amazing. Maple Landmark's toys have zero plastic. Kapla, Kiva, Tegu, Brio, Wishbone. Papa and Kinderfeats. those those top 13 companies, you know, I think are a great place to start for parents. Obviously, there's a lot more toy companies out there. Some are small. Some maybe only manufacture one type of item like a block. So I kind of chose more toys that had a lot of options and a different kinds of toys for parents. So, and at the end of the day, I just want to tell listeners that buying a toy made with, you know, 80% wood and even even if it has 20% plastic components, it's still better than an all plastic toy. So, let's say you buy something from Brio that has a little bit of plastic on it with their trains or you know whatnot, it's still better than an all plastic toy. And at the end of the day, you know, all we can do is try, you know, to do our best and you know for a better world tomorrow. That's it.
0: Christina, where can my listeners find your amazing website and all the resources it offers? So I am at thebabypenguin.com.
1: I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. My Facebook is The Baby Penguin USA, and I just started a sustainable toy group. So you can join that if you would like. It's called just Sustainable Toys. And the Instagram is the underscore baby underscore penguin.
0: Christina, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I can hear the passion in your voice for this topic. So thank you for coming on and giving us a little bit of your passion and a heck of a lot of knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for having me. This was so fun. Listeners, I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Christina Floyd over at The Baby Penguin. I have linked to her website. I have linked to her 13 top Toy brands in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash one eight six. Now we do have an eco tip this week, but before we get into that, I just want to say a quick thank you to the dozens of you who have, for my birthday, <laughs> have left this show a quick review on Apple Podcasts. I've read every single one and I appreciate you. I also want to say really quick that Yes, reviews are important for growing the show, growing the listenership of the show. They are also important for indie podcasters like me and like the thousands of others out there who are not associated with a network uh, to find ads and sponsors for the show. Of course, the ads and the sponsors may be a little bit annoying to listen to, but when the companies, when the corporations are paying for the podcast host's effort. The content, which hopefully is amazing for this show and for every show you listen to, the content remains free for you the listener. So, thank you to all of you who have left those reviews because doing so enables me to continue doing this, which is what I love. So, thank you. Now, on to this week's eco tip. I want to say, first and foremost, my apologies to whoever left me this eco-tip whenever you (laughs) left it. It could have been months ago. I just found it on my desktop. I'm a little disorganized. I need to put some decluttering and minimalism into my computer area. But whoever left me this eco-tip, thank you so much. I wish I could call you out by name, but I'm unorganized. Nameless person said, when I open a carton of chicken stock or vegetable broth... Or when I make my own vegetable broth, I label the carton with the date in a Sharpie. And then after one week, if I haven't used it all, I freeze the remainder into ice cube trays and I store them in the freezer. This practice helps me prevent waste from the stock spoiling in the fridge, and it prevents the old guessing game of when did I open this and is it still good? I easily add the frozen broth cubes whenever I need them directly to whatever I'm cooking. I love it. Thank you so much. I wish I could credit you by name, but I thank you so much for leaving me this tip. On next week's show, we are talking all about dun-dun-dun, palm oil. And if you follow me on social media, you've noticed I've been teasing this episode. I'm speaking with a palm oil expert. Even if you think you know everything about palm oil, trust me, my friends, you are going to learn something new in next week's episode. It is a good one. I will see you then. Have an amazing week and take care. Sick of being upsold at gyms? (laughs)